0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's to the 45. Oh, to
1: he's the 50. Planning. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O, is he?
0: Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again to throw. Steps up in the pocket. Throws on the run. All right, guys. Welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host Tommy. I'm joined by Stephen Brown and special guest Doug Gottlieb from Fox Sports. Doug, how's it going, man? Going pretty well. Going
2: pretty well. A couple weeks here till uh, college season kicks off. Can be a fun one.
0: And. What are you doing? Like, what do you do in your spare time when there's like no football going on? Like, we had the Hall of Fame game, but what else? Like, what what do you do? What do you do?
2: Well, it's funny, funny you said that because um, I just had knee surgery on Friday. Oh, and so I've watched more sports on TV in the last like five days than at any other maybe five day clip. I mean, I've watched everything, but I mean NBA summer leagues on. That's pretty good, right? Um, yeah, a lot of NBA summer league. I don't know, you know, some NFL Network stuff, and then catch up on anything Netflix. Like now's the time to like breathe because once football season starts, yeah, it gets gets crazy.
0: What kind of Netflix shows you watching, Doug?
2: Oh, um, I watched a little of that Sex live show. I was just it—it felt like it was written for a four-year-old chick more than a (laughs) four-year-old dude. Uh, uh, Let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty much up on every Marvel Uh, that's more, you know, there's, I like guardians of the galaxy and Deadpool, but uh, my kids though, they'll, we'll go see a a Marvel movie every now and again. you just like, I kind of got to know a little bit about what's going on.
1: Right. Did Um, you watch the uh, new what if series that came out last night? No. What's that? Oh, it's just like alternate, alternate history. So like the the episode last night, they, uh, they did like a, what if, if Peggy Carter took the, uh, the serum and not, um, Captain America, but it's a little bit different style. It's all animated. So I'm not sure how it fits in with the, with the movies and all the other series.
2: It's it's interesting. I, I, um, uh, I mean, like I've done the Ozark thing. I've done the, I I haven't done, um, Better Call Saul. Maybe that's the next one for me.
0: Oh, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. but let's let's dive into it man so what before we get into other things i recently watched the video of the 2001 2002 big 12 title game um it's been a minute it's been like literally 20 years and i remember nate hibble he only threw like for 130 something yards in that title game and alish back and jim traber were going at it and nate hibble walks up and it was like, oh, who's talking about me? My little buddies. And I want to get your perspective on how awkward, uncomfortable, or weird that situation was. Do you remember that? Yes, except
2: I don't believe I was on the field when that happened. Um, I, You know, back then, it maybe it's still that way a, a little bit now. But, I mean, back then, uh, the sports animal was so king. It was like, it was literally important to people. Because you were only talking about one thing, talking about OU football. That's Mm -hmm. it. Because remember, there were no thunder, right? Oklahoma State was better, but still, it's not the same thing. Nobody cared about basketball, OU football, and uh, yeah. I mean, I I I remember that that's actually happened a lot. It happens a lot, and I think you learn a lot about different people when that takes place. Like, you don't have to apologize for something you said if what you said was wrong. You just go like, "Hey, man, I was wrong." uh but there are people that that kiss ass so much when somebody they ripped you know comes anywhere near them comes within earshot they completely change their tune that's that's very much part of the industry
0: caved really quick and that was <laughs> that was before the franchise and everything that's when sports right. animal was the only one in Oklahoma everybody's listening to traver and alan all those guys and i thought that was just so interesting uh it, it's just so it's so funny how Traver just like immediately just like stopped talking but let's get on with the thick of things a while ago uh maybe a couple weeks ago you suggested that Oklahoma uh the University of Oklahoma had done irreparable harm to Oklahoma State by deciding to take everything pick up and go to the SEC and I want you to because I know it was just a tweet or whatever, but I want you to kind of go into detail on what you mean and kind of what those intricacies look like.
2: I lost you guys for a second. You guys still there? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I meant what I tweeted, <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's there's the partnership with their member institutions in the Big 12 where they weren't acting in good faith. You know, you can't go to six months of meetings and planning. And meanwhile, you have kind of a deal in your back pocket that you're leaving anyway. So that's the first thing. So but there's that's one level of relationship. But the relationship between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is different than I think any other tandem schools uh, in any other state in the con- country. I, c- I could be wrong, but, you know, Texas and Texas A&M, they both have so much money and there's always been antagonism to two. They're not working in concert with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Texas Tech and UTEP and so th- those are not at the level of Texas. Oklahoma Oklahoma State are not necessarily the same level, but they've they've been on the same playing field for a hundred years in the same conference. They're in the same small state, and there's a there's a camaraderie to it. There's you know when you're on the court, you're on the field, you're on the pitch, whatever. There's hatred, and then when you're off, you still have your side, but you're like one Oklahoma. And uh, apparently, we we just pissed all over that because we want to make some more money. So that's really what happened. It and it's and the irreparable harm is you had a couple choices. You could have heard Texas in the SEC's offer and step back and called Oklahoma State and said, "Hey, like we hang together in this league, we'll be good. If we hang together and go in the Pac-12, we'll be good. Maybe the Big Ten. If we break apart, we're weaker." Um, or even given Oklahoma State the heads up, or could have said, Hey, I'll go to the SEC, but Oklahoma State's got to go with us. All of these things are acceptable. What they did, it's not acceptable. It leaves Oklahoma State, and I, I, I'm hopeful that my alma mater will find a home in one of the power, I guess, power four conferences, or stay in the and stay in the pack in the Big 12, and they reconfigure it. Um, but just leaving your brother's school out there hanging, that's, that's the essence of bullshit.
0: Especially when you're
2: sitting in all those meetings six in six months in advance,
0: so you so your your point isn't necessarily in the fact that Oklahoma is necessarily leaving to the SEC. it was leaving to the SEC with the idea that they weren't necessarily completely upfront with Oklahoma State. Am I getting that wrong, or is it kind of in the gray area between that?
2: Uh, well, it's both. I mean, the first thing is you didn't tell anybody. Right. And you were you were you were acting as if nothing was going on. You're part of the planning meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of this you could have they they didn't. No one knew this was coming. Um and it had been decided months been decided months in advance. So that's the first issue. Not cons and, and then leaving for the SEC without consideration to one, giving anybody, but especially Oklahoma State the heads up, or two, finding a way to partner with Oklahoma State, I I think is I think it's bad business. And, you know, I, I get what sits out there for OU. And I understand the carrot of, hey, if you don't take this, somebody else will. Texas is going. And the reality is, if you're at Oklahoma, if Texas goes and you don't, you can't get into Texas to recruit big-time football in your own mind. And that's how they're selling it to you. Because right, right now, uh, until those other Texas schools figure out what they're doing next, you can't go sit in somebody's home in Dallas and say, Hey, if you want to play big time football, you know, you come play in the big, big 12. Like, yeah, not in the state of Texas, state of Texas. And that's really what the sec is brilliant at. Did they get, did they get their big dogs? Yes. But they also got Texas, which now I think makes it harder for OU makes it hard, definitely harder for Oklahoma state, but Oklahoma State's still not recruiting at the level of those other schools. But I mean, everybody now can go in and feast. They're like sharks in the water. Because the argument you used to be able to make is you can't play in the state of Texas in high school football, you know, if you go to the SEC. But A&M changed that. And now Texas has completely changed that. Texas, Oklahoma. And so now if you go into DFW and recruiting a kid and you're all the way out in Georgia, you say, hey, look, at least once, if not twice a year, we're going to play here. So what's the difference? You know, I, I think that's the dynamic change i will see in recruiting.
0: And I, I guess my question, and and I understand that he's talking about OU and Oklahoma State playing for over 100 years. I mean, the, the numbers are there, right? Uh, even when they were Oklahoma a and I guess my question is, and I know you have an answer to it, and it is not necessarily for me, it's for the people listening, to Oklahoma State, I suppose, what does – Owe oh, you necessarily owe Oklahoma state regarding, you know, I know they played for several years. It's a business decision, but at the same time, it feels like Oklahoma maybe owes OSU something because of they both been in-state institutions for so long.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's all loaded up there. Yeah. The, the, what do you owe thing is stupid. That's Twitter tough guy. What do they owe you? I don't know. I Man, I do think, you know, it's fairly obvious. Just go and look at, at the spending that each, each school spends on athletics, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: now Texas hasn't been able to buy it in football. But outside of that, Texas is competitive in everything. Oklahoma, same thing. Part of the makeup of the league and part of Oklahoma's football dominance has been because they're in the same league as Oklahoma State, because they're in with Kansas okay, and Kansas State. They have, they have a decided recruiting advantage over all of those schools because of proximity to Texas, you know, and because of the longevity of success in the program. So you combine those two things and, you know, they're a different starting gate than you are. Um, what do you owe to Oklahoma State? I don't know. You owe the respect of at least giving them a heads up. The right. understanding of schools and partnerships, it's not always about the dot bottom line. It just it hasn't been in the past. So it's, it's just sad that that's, all this about and what sucks is that there's a lot of great pieces in the oklahoma athletic department this is above the Oklahoma, this is above C, dude this is a president's decision mm-hmm. um now look i think in terms of scope i think it's great for oklahoma in the southeast but i i if it's me and i'm looking to expand the university and i have the chance i'm going go to pac 12 because then you get all those kids at at, at in california um, that's what Colorado did. That's what Utah did. I mean, I think we look at this just as sports fans, only about sports. It's about a lot more than sports. Um, and but look, the SEC is hot. It's it's gonna be a really competitive league, and it'll be very interesting to see how Oklahoma and Texas assimilate. You know, Missouri had a lot more success in that league than they ever did in the SEC as opposed to AM, you know, they had the one flash in the pan year. And maybe this year they could be very good. But outside of that, they haven't had much
0: success. And so what would you say to those people that suggest that, you know, Oklahoma State, they, they do have a ton of titles uh, going from, you know, wrestling to a lot of other things. I mean, they're the kings of wrestling. And what would you say to the people that suggest that Oklahoma State for the longest time has not ridden the coattails of Oklahoma and here we are? Now that, uh, of course, the president of Oklahoma State backing her, backing her fellow alumni, backing her school uh, commendably. I think people have really shit on her, even though she is really going to battle and fight for her alumni and her school and her in her sports and everything. I, I think that's commendable. I think people have been kind of shitting on her for bad reasons. But what would you suggest to people that suggest Oklahoma State for a long time? Have not been riding the coattails of Oklahoma and are all of a sudden really pissed off that OU is leaving and leaving OSU seemingly hanging out to dry.
2: I thought we talked about this, but okay. <laughs> um, like, I, I has Oklahoma been more successful in in football? Yeah, I mean the truth is Oklahoma has been really successful in basketball as well, men's and women's. And I mean this goes back even further than when you know Coach Sutton was 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 at uh, oklahoma state um but uh like look the truth is that right now oklahoma state's athletic department is fantastic all new facilities very competitive very successful they finally have a facility in football they finally have facility in baseball right they finally so these things already and it just i mean it sucks you are like you you were in a good place you were feeling like you were competitive um and you're feeling you're getting your funding up and you're had a transition to an athletic department and then the rugs pulled out from under you. So I think there's a lot to it. I mean, you know, if, if, if an Oklahoma fan thinks that Oklahoma state is so inferior, like I just, if you, if you like your school more than other school, you don't have to be an asshole, right? You just, mm-hmm. don't. it's like you said, like Oklahoma state's better at golf, better at wrestling. Uh, better at women's tennis. I don't know about Ben's tennis. Oklahoma State's better at baseball. Oklahoma's better at softball. Oklahoma State obviously had a great year in softball. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, Oklahoma's great in gymnastics. Oklahoma State doesn't have gymnastics. So um, all of these things are historically true. So it it doesn't, it wastes everybody's time to just point out that there's been statistical dominance between OU and OSU football. There just does. Outside of that, um, it's it's basically even, and I would say that Oklahoma State had more historic success with Henry Iba, and I I would say Oklahoma you could say has more sustained success due to the multiple coaches. Like that's the reality of it. And Oklahoma State was always more of kind of a happening for basketball, as opposed to Oklahoma has never really uh, re- never really filled up Lloyd Noble. That's always been an right issue. right I don't know yeah. About when, when Wayman was there, but I mean, no matter how good they were, unless we were in town. They never filled up. So like that, that's the truth of the athletic departments. And um, I think that's the disappointing thing is that they're really competitive. They play each other for a hundred years, you know, outside of the football thing, like everybody kind of has their sport and it's a partnership and it works together. And yeah, Oklahoma gained a little bit more out of the partnership than Oklahoma state. It was still a working partnership that worked for both schools in the same state. And now you're, you know, now you're leaving Oklahoma State with, like, an impossible decision. Do we play those guys? Do we not play those guys? While well, we're reeling and and
0: kind of looking for our next conference home. And so yep. g- going off of that, after Oklahoma's made their move to the SEC, do you think that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State should continue bedlam immediately? Do you think there should be a gap? Do you think it should be played at all? What are your thoughts there?
2: Um, it's a really hard one. Uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of it's gonna depend on where Oklahoma State lands with the league. Um, you know, if Oklahoma State lands on their feet with the Pac twelve Alliance or, or in the Pac twelve or whatever, um I mean I think you can figure out what type of break. But I mean there's a good portion of you just says, you know, fuck you, I'm not playing you. No way. Right. No chance. Um, but that that ego, I mean, you still make a lot of money. And mm-hmm whether it's your football state and your basketball arena, as long as it's full and it's somebody else's money, that's even better for the hotels and the restaurants and Stillwater. So I don't know. It's a hard one. Um, but I, I you know, it's a really hard one. I w- <laughs> maybe play two for ones. Hey, two for one, let's do for two for ones. Okay. But I mean, like, look, this sucks for everybody. It sucks for uh brick town with baseball and in Tulsa with the baseball, right? It, it sucks for the soccer kids right? That they, that's become a good little rivalry sucks for the softball. That becomes like all of those things gone away. And like, look, yeah, you still have Texas and that's a great football rivalry. There's no disputing that. And it's pretty good basketball rivalry as well, but it's not bedlam. It's not the same. And that's kind of what college sports are always about. Call me a romantic or whatever. Um, I get that you're going to have way better teams in your football stadium, you know, but you're gonna have some stinkers too. I mean, they got Vanderbilt, they got Mississippi State, they got <laughs> Kentucky. You know, there's some there's gonna be some stinkers. Missouri, like they're not gonna be great for a long time. So, um, but I so I get it. But I just it sucks, and all of those all of those other sports especially are really suffered because of it.
1: I think that's a good point um, because I think OU fans in a way they're so focused. On football that they kind of forget that you know there's a basketball history there there's there's tennis there's baseball at Bricktown he brought up Um, and those impact not just the two schools but the businesses around them so um, I think you brought up a good point there I guess on the flip side we're kind of curious you know had Oklahoma State gotten the call from the SEC how would that narrative change in your mind if at all um, kind of the way it went down I know the The rug got kind of pulled out of everybody's everybody's I mean, feet. here's
2: here's the answer. It wouldn't have
1: it wouldn't
2: no, it wouldn't have I mean like it, it's it's like the it's it's like you see this in politics for guys throughout scenarios that have zero chance of ever happening, right? like, yeah, that's never going to happen. um so I mean, the reality is you're not gonna call Oklahoma state. I mean that's not really you call Texas. And Texas right. said, let's go with Oklahoma, right? That's the way it, it works. So they maintain their historic rivalry, and they get the chance to play their old rival in, in Texas AM. and m All made sense to Texas, but they're not going to call Oklahoma State first. Like, that's again, that's an unrealistic – I've heard that argument. Do I think Oklahoma State would owe it to OU? Probably. I probably think they would. But, again, it's like an unrealistic place to start an argument because all of us know it wouldn't have happened. You know, if you call Texas, the most, most, the next most likely is Oklahoma. Right. And uh, they're not calling Oklahoma State.
0: And I guess my question on, on addition to that is a while ago when all this realignment stuff was happening, when Texas and Texas Tech was, they were a second away from going to the Pac 12. Yeah. And my, my question, I guess, is many conferences, Supposedly suggested they would want OU instead of Oklahoma State. Are there feelings left over from that at all? No, it's
2: just just the reality of it. Like we're we're dealing the world of reality. We're not dealing the world of of fans and has only thing has to do with is the name and does it bring people to the TV sets? And Oklahoma State, Oklahoma's name does. Oklahoma State's Oklahoma State's better than it used to be better than the rest of the big 12 but it's not texas and look texas draws more eyes than anybody mm. and so an OU fan that might not want to realize it or recognize it but they do notre dame as well like that's how it works has nothing to do with anything else doesn't have to do with the sooner schooner doesn't have to do with you personally doesn't have to do with how many people are in the stands doesn't have to do with any of that shit how many people come to watch when oklahoma football are on tv that's it Period. Stop. End of story. Right. So, and so o- Oklahoma so, so should. Oklahoma, m- uh, huh?
0: start you go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: So that that's it. You know, and um, and it's not wrong to 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 cash in on that, but there usually, and always has been a different sense when it's when it's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That that was my assumption. That was my assessment. And then there's a. Because those guys who run OU, Josie especially, are such class acts, you would have expected them to go
0: like, hey, man, it's
2: the heads up. Conference stuff's going down. But none of that was said. None.
0: So it wasn't the idea that Oklahoma is necessarily leaving Oklahoma State behind. It's the, I guess, no, it's going behind it's the closed it. doors. It's all of it. All of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> all of it. And so I guess my next question is, in your opinion, what, what should be the fate of the Big 12? Should Oklahoma State and the rest of the Big 12 add teams? Should Oklahoma State go to the so, ACC? So, I, so, ACC? Well, I
2: mean, I don't, I don't think the ACC is a possibility. I don't really think the Big Ten's a possibility. I think it's really uh, either, either expand the Pac-12 or have like a Pac-12 alliance. I'm sure that if you could talk Utah and Colorado, into kind of rejoining just for football. So you had 10 and 10, you know, um, and then you play a championship game in California in one year and a championship game in Dallas the next year. I mean, I think that works. I think the PAC 12 needs Texas and they need the central time zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the eight schools in the big 12 need a little bit of a lifeline. Uh, they actually made more money in the big 12 than they did PAC 12 last year. And I think there's, there's some sort of formula there to where you form an alliance and you don't necessarily, and then you, and then of course you get the checks from Texas and, 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 and Oklahoma and whether you collect them all at once or you get them, you know, per year, I mean, I think the, the conference would do very, very well, you know, over the next five to six years, maybe even 10 years, if that were the case.
0: Do you think Oklahoma States jump to maybe a pack 12, like you suggested, might be better for their football program, seemingly that they could actually win that conference championship more often than not.
2: Yeah, but it's the same. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you you think win the pac twelve is easy? You're gonna have to beat SC, you're gonna have to beat Oregon, Stanford, okay. I mean, Cal's gonna get it going eventually here. I mean, I'm sure. I, I, I get that, but like when we're talking about the Big Twelve, Texas hasn't been particularly good. Hmm. It's been Oklahoma where they couldn't beat. Right. And Oklahoma State. Iowa State. And Iowa State wouldn't be good if Texas had been had been decent. Sure. But KU's awful. K State is well coached, but they've taken a little bit of a dip. You know, TCU's been a little bit down the last couple of years. The league might be a little bit too big for them. And tech is tech. So I mean I, I mean it's not like let's not like the, I love the big 12 football. I love how they spin it around, but let's not act like it's been murderous road last last half the decade.
1: Right. So I mean, if you had like an ideal landing spot for Oklahoma State, um, you kind of said the Big Ten might not be an option for them. What what do you think happens with Oklahoma State if you had to guess right now? I, I think they
2: I think it's that Pac twelve
1: either,
2: either alliance or they join the Pac twelve or I mean worst case scenario you, you continue the conference and maybe you add a Cincinnati and you add a Houston, so you continue mm-hmm. the Texas ties, but I, I just I don't know how much that appeals to 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 tv companies uh that that's the big question so my guess is some sort of pact 12 big 12 alliance
0: all right well doug man thanks for hopping on for us for about 20 30 minutes to kind of explain your site a little bit more get di- get get a little bit deeper dive into other like the twitter bullshit that we've seen <laughs> uh i just wanted to get your full thoughts where where we've seen you know on twitter to actually what your thoughts are what happens and of course, the breakup between OU and OSU. And I totally get the, you know, kind of fuck OU for a couple of years for so the Bedlam, maybe, you know, a, a two-for-one here or there uh, because of I mean, all OU's, the issues. OU's
2: not going to do a two-for-one. I'm just saying it's okay to ask. I was like, hey, hey, let's do let's do two-for-ones for a decade. We'll do that. It's okay to ask, you know, or a one-one-and-one, one, one, but we keep the gate at the neutral. But, uh, you know. It just sucks, man. OU and OU yeah. should play each other every year in every sport. And um, and but but if I was if I was Chad, fucking, I'm not playing them. You know, I'm not <laughs> playing them. I'm not I'm not playing them until somebody tells me I have to.
0: Is um, it like an A and M situation where they're to say we're not playing you at all, or is it a situation where they say okay, let's take a five year break and then or five ten year break I, and you then always, we consolidate
2: until you know. You just, we're not playing. I think that's the best way. You can always change your mind, find a sponsor, make a bunch of money, and then come back. But right now, no thanks.
0: Pass. All right, man. Cool. Hey, I appreciate you for coming on with us. Yeah. Kind of explain your side. Um, thank you for coming on, and I appreciate you so much. You're welcome, guys. See you. Have anytime. a good one, Doug. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or, what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news, State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today.
0: All right, Steven, what do you think about Doug's comments?
1: I thought he made some some pretty good points. I think the one in particular was when he brought up, you know, how many sports does this separation affect as far as, um, you know, Oklahoma fans are pretty much, I would say, 99% focused on football. Um, Whereas if you look at other programs, uh, obviously Oklahoma State in this instance, it's football. It's basketball. It's tennis. It's golf. It's all those in, those programs impacted by this move.
0: I think he's just sad.
1: It is sad. It's sad in a way.
0: I'm not sad. Am I the o- one of the only ones not sad about leaving Oklahoma State in the dust? Like, am I? Are you? Are you sad about it?
1: Um, I'm not sad, but I get why people would be sad. I get that there's, there's a long history there. And then you also look at like how it financially impacts, you know, the schools, some of those programs, you know, depending on how Oklahoma state lands might not be there. Um, So I get that part, but I also get the part that it's a, it's a business decision at the end of the day. Um, And Oklahoma chose to do what's right for them and not necessarily what's right for the majority of the conference.
0: And I think we got to the root of Doug's issues with it, right? He says OU's caused OSU irreparable harm. Monetarily, they're going to go to the Pac-12, most likely, or maybe the ACC. Regardless, they're going to be competing every year. He says USC, like anybody gives a shit about West Coast teams. Nobody cares about West. Nobody yeah, cares two, about Pac-12 football right now. Oregon is like the only one, right?
1: Washington, you know, every other year, but it's it's Oregon, Washington, and kind of everybody else at the moment.
0: And so, like, I'm not sad about it. I think the root of it was this. He and many other Oklahoma State fans felt betrayed because they thought Josie joe harrow's stand-up dudes and didn't give oklahoma state a heads up but should they have given oklahoma state a heads up this move would have been blowing up maybe not blowing up but this move maybe it would have had more roadblocks along the way hence why they didn't say
1: anything it's not just that i mean i don't think doug would have tucked this as a good good comment but uh that's why i didn't mention it but you look at the what Joe C. and Joe Harris said during the conference when they chose to announce that they're accepting the invitation to the SEC. Um, you know, they weren't happy how the news came out, which to me tells me, uh, you know, this was going on. They knew about it, but weren't ready to tell anyone. And obviously A&M caught wind of it and let it out pretty quick. So um, in a way, I think they were waiting probably till, you know, maybe even a year from now, um, to let everyone know this conference is probably gone because we're leaving. But, you know, A&M kind of took the liberty of announcing that to everybody ahead of time.
0: It because they wanted to throw more roadblocks in the way, right?
1: Right, and this was an attempt by A&M to kind of mess things up, but in a way it kind of sped it up at the same time, so... Um, You thought politically Oklahoma and Oklahoma State would kind of get in this entanglement, a lawsuit. Uh, One can't leave without the other. In reality, it just was never going to happen that way.
0: And, I mean, he mentioned Oklahoma had done irreparable harm to Oklahoma State, but then comes on and suggests, oh, it's not necessarily irreparable harm monetarily because they can go to the Pac-12 and earn a decent amount of change, right? They can go to the ACC and make a decent amount of change, but it comes back to they they weren't up front with OSU.
1: Right. Well, they weren't up front with anyone. It's not just OSU. And I get that it's the in-state school. There's a lot of communication between the two schools outside of sports, um, especially in the academic fields where they kind of work together on some programs. So, um, you know, going behind their back, I don't know if I would call it that. It's maybe just not telling them ahead of time. It's it's they weren't ready to make that announcement because the deal wasn't done. Um, so I don't think it was it was necessarily Oklahoma and Texas kind of sneaking out. They just weren't ready to tell anyone, and A uh, and M caught wind of that plan and let everyone know before before they started walking out. So
0: because um, they felt it was disingenuous.
1: Yeah, I don't think the the plan was to just walk out and not tell anyone. I think they were going to let schools know at least privately ahead of time. Um, but obviously they didn't get the opportunity.
0: Let's move on to other things. It's
1: a very A&M thing to do. It, it. It's like popping a tire. It's like having a kid commit and then decommit the same day or whatever they used to do in recruiting. Um, you know, they always like to just kind of get in people's heads. So this was another A&M thing in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I I I agree, and I mean, like Doug's comments, they didn't surprise me. Were Were you surprised by anything he had said?
1: No, um, I kind of felt like it was going to go that way. I mean I, you know, I kind of respect that he laid it out there with the the fuck OU. I thought maybe he might be a little bit more gentle there, but uh, you know, in reality, that's that's the situation at the moment. Is that OU is heading to you know greener pastures and we don't know what's going to happen with Oklahoma state. And that sucks for them. That sucks for that fan base. It's like what we talked about with West Virginia.
0: And I <laughs> your question about, well, what if the roles were reversed? I thought it was interesting because yeah, it, that's the no point. Way. Nobody, nobody was going to want Oklahoma state when realignment was happening uh, in 2011 or 12, somewhere around there, 2010. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was, it's been a while. But it was very clear wherever OU was going to go, OSU was not necessarily a thought for SEC or the Big Ten as a tag along. So Just the Pac-12. So for me, to, because when I asked them, I was like, hey, Oklahoma State for the longest time says, hey, they're their own institution. They've won a lot of national titles in wrestling, equestrian sports, all these other, other things, golfing, golf. They're very good at golf. They seem rather pissed off because they left in the dirt because they were riding OU's coattails for the longest time. Am I wrong there? Like, they they are riding OU's coattails because, oh, the tradition of football, because football's king in Oklahoma. How many times do you see golf televised on ABC, ESPN at 7 p.m. at night? Right, and that Bedlam
1: game makes not just Oklahoma State, but everybody in that town a lot of money, so... Um, they were running on those Crip because you bring TCU into town, it's just not the same. No one's going to come up at 11 a.m. and fill the stadium for TCU and Stillwater, not even for Norman.
0: Exactly. No. And and that's another thing is that Oklahoma made a business decision for themselves and Texas made a business decision decision for themselves to make more money, to capitalize on their interests, especially after a year of COVID-19 where, of course, the pandemic's still going on. But – They made a business decision for themselves to recoup maybe some lost revenue and get some more. And they're doing it out of their own self-interest. I'm sorry Oklahoma State was not invited. I'm sorry Oklahoma State was not a team that others would want in their conference, but that's just the way it is. Is it a breakup? Sure. Is Is it a permanent breakup? I don't think so. But, of course, I can understand the hard feelings of, oh, F-O-U, we do not want to play them for a while because they're hurt. Because- but it's another
1: thing where you, you kind of saw it coming a little bit. Like, there were some signs there. Even though when you go back to David Boren, um, that little era of him kind of positioning the school for was AAU accreditation, like, they're not doing that for no reason. They're, they're doing that because they can use that as leverage to enter the Big Ten. So, um, this has been going on for four or five years where you can see... Oklahoma kind of positioning themselves, maybe, you know, maybe they do in this this day in the Big 12, but if the opportunity comes for the SEC or the big or the Big Ten, they'll take it.
0: Anyways, let's go on to some fall camp stuff. And by the way, people, we can see all your comments in the chat. Yes, Doug could probably see all your comments in the well, he chat. Might
1: have looked over. He probably yeah. didn't
0: click over. He so. may. maybe maybe have not. Um, uh, let's go on to some fall camp stuff. Bill Beatimbo says he's not necessarily too worried about OU's offensive line. He says they're doing the stuff that they're supposed to do. They're trying to get the best players on the field. That's one of the biggest question marks. And to me, the biggest question mark into fall camp and into the season, does that give you any pause? Does that make you feel better about the situation? Is this just coach speak? What are you thinking here?
1: I don't know if it's all coach speak. Cause I don't know if and bow really holds back too much on, on what he thinks. So, um, obviously he has as much talent as he's ever had before. Um, they had a big learning year, especially with COVID on, you know, what you got to do in the off season to take care of your body. How do you prep for the season? So in that respect, I think they probably did come to the campus something to prove. So, um, I kind of believe it. I think the question mark is still there. I don't think it answers anything, but, uh, it's, a, you could have some optimism for the offensive line.
0: He is very, very high on Andrew Raim, as most should be. That's good. I mean, you got Andrew Rame. He, he he even said Andrew Rame has many of the same qualities as Queed, uh, Queed, Creed Humphrey as center, and that should be that should be exciting for many <laughs> OU fans. I mean, he's another OU Oklahoma product at a broken uh, broken arrow, as Creed was from Shawnee. Shawnee, yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot to like there it's really just hinging on the tackles, right? You've got, you know, guys, to the right tackle. There's the Wanya Morris, maybe you've got Tyrese Robinson, maybe playing right tackle. All I care about. And this is what Bill Biedembo says is just getting all the guys, all the right guys in there and playing fluidly and playing the way they are because he said they're handling their business every day. They're just trying to get better because there's no line that they need to meet. They're just trying to improve every single day and on that oklahoma's biggest question mark is getting you know lead to them to their polls which of course preseason polls are irrelevant but oklahoma has its highest ranking in the preseason polls <laughs> at number three in a long time that's the highest expectations they've had in a while do you think this team can actually deliver on those expectations
1: Well, I think it all comes back to it hinges on the offensive line. Um, You know, can they come together? How fast do they gel? Um, You know, injuries obviously play a part in that as well. So number three, I think that's where I'd have them. I don't think they'd be number one. I know Phil Steele uh, thinks Oklahoma's number one heading into the season, but I think there's enough questions there where you can't put them at number one. But also you look at uh, what they're returning, Spencer Rattler, um a majority of that defense um, you know they're they're obviously a top 5 team you know i could you could argue number 4 but i think the expectation when you are that 3 4 1 2 i mean you have to play for that national championship you have to play for that playoff spot so um i think they're absolutely in contention there
0: one of my favorite things about alex grinch is when he said that justin harrington is kind of playing in that Trey Norwood spot in which he can play in a lot of different places. Do you expect him to play a lot more like between him and key Lawrence who plays more on the field?
1: Um, I would assume Harrington just because he's played more football. You have to remember that key Lawrence hasn't played a lot of football. Um, he, I think, what was he a true freshman last season? I believe or so. Maybe like a redshirt freshman for Tennessee didn't play too much. Um, obviously a very highly rated recruit. And that's why people remember his name. But Justin Harrington's played Juco football. Um, He has that experience. So I think he can step in right away. Whereas, um, you know, maybe Key Lawrence needs three, four, five games before he starts to really solidify himself in that rotation.
0: And so going on, name four game changers on this team, because Oklahoma, they feel like for the long in Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, all those dudes are embracing the hype this year. They know what's at stake. Name four game changers that you have on the top of your list.
1: What are we talking about like the usual suspects or four people that are just going to emerge and, and kind of be those playmakers,
0: the usual suspects, or maybe people that might just emerge. Who knows?
1: Well, let's leave Spencer Rattler out. Cause I think that's an obvious one for a lot of people. Obviously, Heisman contender return, returning quarterback. Um, that's the obvious person that list. I think we already mentioned one, Andrew Rame. Um, They need someone on that offensive line that can kind of be that, that quarterback in the middle. Let, let them know what their blocks are going to be kind of read, read the defense. So they need that voice. Uh, you know, Creed was that guy for, for a few years. Obviously Rame has a lot to fill in there. So um, I think he's got his body, right? Obviously, um, everyone's kind of complimented his, his football IQ. So I think he can be an absolute game changer on that offensive line. Then I'll go Jaden Hazelwood Um, easy pick number one, wide receiver in his recruiting class Um, hasn't really made the impact on the field, but all the intangibles are there. I mean, the body types there, the talents there, he just has to come out and put it together. And if he does, he's going to be an absolute game changer on the offensive uh, offensive side
0: of the ball. I was told by a internet publication that Jaden Hazelwood is a disappointment. That's why they brought in Mike Woods actually.
1: Uh, well, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, obviously the, the year with Hertz doesn't really count because that. The offense was so much different than it had in previous years. And then you add in the, the ACL injury, the knee injury. Um, that's not really his fault. You can't really control that injuries happen. So, uh, I wouldn't call it a disappointment. I could see why fans would be disappointed that he hasn't played too much yet, but that's out of their control. Mike Woods is there because they don't have a lot of depth, and he's a really good wide receiver.
0: No Drake Stoops on your list?
1: Oh, Drake looked like he was about to win the Bolitnikov on Twitter today.
0: Yeah, he caught a he caught a ball over a good linebacker. Brief. Yeah, and so I guess I guess my four would be. I'll go to the defensive side of the ball. Give me David Aguebo. Give me Jalen Redman, who looks the part, Perry and Winfrey. He's uh, looking good.
1: Perry, Both God. those dudes
0: are looking good. Really good. And then let's go offensive side of the ball. You can't, You can't say Austin Stogner is not going to be a big part of this offense going forward if he's fully healthy, recovered from that, holy crap, like, illness that he got that spread <laughs> down to his leg and that 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 must have been terrifying but what are two to three players in your mind that are kind of flying under the radar right now that might break through
1: i think jeremiah hall flies under the radar just because people don't really kind of use that position as like a highlight position i think jeremiah hall had so much to this offense um in the same way that dimitri flowers did in previous years so I think he's one of those guys that is going to contribute quite a bit. He's probably going to win you a couple of games just because he he fits that mold as as being that X factor. Um, Under the radar for defense, DJ Graham, maybe? He had that one-handed interception today. I think uh, a lot of people, when they talk about the secondary, they talk about Woody Washington. But DJ Graham, when he was in last season, looked really, really
0: good. Man, did you see those quotes? I think Joss McQuistion asked him. Did you see those quotes about DJ Graham switching from wide receiver to cornerback and he still kind of (laughs) misses wide receiver?
1: I didn't see it. I haven't read it today.
0: I mean, the man had a one-handed catch for an interception. Oh, he was a wide receiver in high school
1: for most of his career.
0: uh, Yeah, definitely. And, like, it took him a while to embrace that defensive back role. And really, I mean, he's a legacy. You know, his family played at OU football. And I think I think it's good news for them. And I think, of course, it's great news for Alex Grinch that they're actually developing depth. When Alex Grinch was asked about defense, he, instead of naming off, like, because remember last year, the year before, they asked him about his defense. He was like, we don't have any damn depth. We've got two safeties. That's it. <laughs> and like he was just like very irate. He, he, was proved not it too. Happy. he didn't
1: rotate those safeties
0: at all. At all. Right. Exactly. And now he's developing depth. He's got a lot of guys he can trust. Guys that are flying under the radar, I think Brian Asamoah doesn't get enough attention. I think yeah, Brian Asamoah good. could be a really big guy. I think, I and mean, of course, the linebacker room is just loaded with lots of guys with lots of potential. David Aguebu, Brian Asamoa, Deshaun White apparently has been coming on. Danny Stutzman is a guy that people need to watch out for. Caleb Kelly is the old guy in the room. And so I'm very curious to see what that looks like. If he, get, if he can even get on the field, because last year we were saying, oh, he'll get on the field because when he got healthy or somewhat healthy, he was on important drives in the game, in games last year and the year before. So I think it's very interesting to see what happens there. And I guess another under-the-radar player is Theo Wees. That guy got big over the offseason, and he's fully rehabbed. And I think he's gonna have a big year. I mean, I think the Oklahoma wide receiver core is one of the better ones in the country. And I think it's been downplayed because Jaden Hazelwood's been hurt, because B O Wheeze maybe wasn't having the production people thought he would. Austin Stogner got hurt, and there's a lot of other things. So you're relying on true freshman Marvin Mims, Drake Stoops makes some big catches. Austin Stogner gets hurt in the middle of the year. I mean, what are the wide receivers that you see last year that made big plays other than Marvin Mims? not really Drake stoops many yeah, Drake stoops in the, in the red river shootout. And so I think the wide receiver unit as a whole is being slept on. I think it's one of the better ones in the country. I mean, hello, they were five. They, they had five star recruits. Of course, one of them is no longer with the team because he hit somebody in the face Oops. with the gun. a gun. Uh, yeah. Pistol whips. Not, not good for the team, but I think the, the wide receiver unit as a whole is underrated. But also flying under the radar, Kennedy Brooks, people <laughs> always are talking about. He's Eric. vaccinated too. Yeah. He vaccinated. He said so today. He was like, Hey, not worried about COVID. It took the year off and I'm vaccinated. So I'm not worried about it anymore, which is, you know, good for them for getting, I think, I think they're over 85% vaccinated. Lane Kiffin is like hundred percent. So they like Lane
1: Kiffin's like 110%. If you
0: ask him, it's, yeah, it's, it's, un, it's unreal. Um, and so I think the wide receiver unit uh, and some of the linebackers are super underrated. I think maybe even LeRon Stokes is a guy that can be underrated in on that defensive line. They've just got depth on a lot of places. You just got to hope that offensive line, they stay healthy. Because if one or two of those dudes go down, they're going to probably be in a lot of trouble. Would you agree with that?
1: On the offensive line? Yep. Yeah, uh I was about to say Anton Harrison might be one of those guys that's flying under the radar as well. Um as a true freshman last season playing a little bit, his eyes were pretty wide. I mean, the, the speed of that game kind of came to him a few times, but um he's another guy that really looked apart at times. Um and given like a a real off season to prepare, uh could be could be quite a factor there at the right tackle.
0: And so Tyler self in the in the in the chat says is Danny Stetsman Danny Stutzman the next Levi Draper. I don't I, think so. I think People, Danny Stetson is gonna be very productive.
1: Yeah. People have to remember Levi Draper came in I think he came at like two ten and it was a small two ten. He was mm-hmm. not a big guy, so um kind of in the weird way, like Isaiah Thomas is another guy that kind of had the same path, but he figured it out in the weight room and kind of stuck with the program. Um, whereas Levi Draper never really developed past that point. So I would say Stutzman has quite quite a better future than than Draper.
0: It, this crop of freshmen is gaining a lot of hype, and it seems like they've been gaining a lot more hype than years past. Right? Ethan Downs is a name that people say, "Hey, you need to watch out for this guy." Danny Stutzman has been creating a ton of buzz. Uh, Latrell McCutcheon, former Friday Night uh, Friday Night Dykes guy, is creating some buzz. There's this freshman class seems like legit dudes that can be game changers
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of weird because i mean you see it every season and billy
0: bowman too i forgot about billy bowman
1: yeah he's he's in there as well but it's one of those things where you know someone's gonna post no matter what they see or hear that yeah these freshmen are looking good they look they look different but um i mean in a weird way they do look different they look i mean body type wise
0: kelvin gilliam (laughs)
1: they don't look like freshmen of years past You know, outside of like Kenneth Murray was a freak coming in, but Ronnie Perkins was a freak coming in. But a lot of these guys, uh, they just, they look different physically. um, And and you can kind of see them throughout the kind of the clips that you get on, on Twitter and Instagram that they are out there playing with the ones they're getting that, that time in early. So that, that should be very encouraging.
0: I mean, just the images of Kelvin Gilliam and seeing him at practice and, and realizing OU has not had dudes on their campus that look like that dude in their damn junior year, let alone coming in, playing football in Pennsylvania in the spring because they pushed their football season back to the spring. He comes in, the dude looks the part. Do you think Kelvin Gilliam sees the field for more than that four-game allotment this year?
1: Most likely, most likely, because you got to remember – they have to have him ready for next season. Like they can't, they can't kind of toy around. Like, yeah, we'll play you for four games, and then we're going to sit you. If they can get him reps on the field, live reps on the field, they're going to do it.
0: And so, going on about recruiting this freshman class. Forget the twenty twenty two class, right? The twenty twenty three class. <laughs> that one's boring, <laughs> right? The twenty twenty three class. Holy freaking crap! You've got uh, Trayon Webb, Malachi Nelson. Uh, uh, how do you, how do you say the Bixby kids name? Haj
1: Haas, has, like has
0: the number one rated tight end. Then you've got, uh, uh, Makai lemon. And then now you've got other guys like Innis, Deandre Moore and like three of these dudes, Deandre Moore, Malachi Nelson and lemon. All three of them are playing at Los Alamitos high school Those dudes are going to get two years in playing with each other before they even step on campus in Norman. How big is that?
1: It's just like a it's a whole nother Cali trio, except these dudes are going to be pretty familiar with each other and they're going to be playing on the same side of the ball. So
0: all five star guys, too. Yeah,
1: well, it's early in the rankings. I'm sure someone will get bumped down for some reason. 247 does that for some reason. I, I don't but, know.
0: is uh, going to the SEC. They might get bumped up.
1: They might get a little SEC bump, maybe here and there. But uh,
0: Three players, 15 stars? If they can keep it together.
1: I mean, it's kind of another thing where Rattler, Weiss, Bridges, and to some extent Hazelwood were working out together before they came to OU. But these guys have two years to do it, not just one year. So, um it's going to be very interesting to see how they come in and kind of take over that offense.
0: Somebody said in the chat, what's your hair treatment? Kamiar? I, I don't know what that means. If Papa Mo, if you could elaborate what my, (laughs) what my hair treatment is, I I don't know what that means, man, but I've got ethnic hair. This thing is thick. I can put like nine (laughs) combs in here and it will just stick. I don't, I don't know. It's so intriguing to see OU recruiting now as opposed to, let's say, six years ago.
1: 2016.
0: Remember when all the Oklahoma fans were saying, oh, we're going to have this champion barbecue and one commitment might come out of it, two commitments might come out of it, and then you look at Bama and they get like seven commits, five of them are five stars, and the rest are four stars, and everybody's like, Shit, like, why can't we operate on that level? OU's operating on that level now, especially, do you think any of this has to do with the SEC, or do you think it's Lincoln Riley? Do you think it's a combination of the two? Do you think it's a lot of other things? The Champion Barbecue, they brought all these dudes in, and all these, it seems like Webb, Nelson, Hodge, Lemon, Ennis, and DeAndre Moore all suggested, hey, we could, like, make this, into the next level of OU, we could team up and churn up and go to be Alabama, the Georgias, the Floridas, and the SEC before even OU was public about the SEC.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at recruiting, um, as far as like how it's turned, it's a, it's a few different things. I think part of it is the SEC now. I think they've made that apparent, but um, Lincoln Riley being there, especially. Um, long term, it seems like as with the contracts and and now moving to the SEC and and you look at the potential of you know renovating the stadium once again. Uh, but then you also look at the NFL production. I think that's a, a an aspect that people forget about is is for a long time those 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 big recruits wouldn't come to Oklahoma because there wasn't that NFL production. You didn't have those guys, and now they do. Now it's it's every season, and it's starting to show in recruiting.
0: And Tyler self comments again. Oh, you allegedly in the running for the top defensive line in both 22 and 23 per two, yeah, four, seven, kind of crazy. Be interesting.
1: That'll it, be interesting
0: race. Because that was a thing. Oh, you could recruit offensive line. They could recruit athletes on the off- uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're starting re- to recruit big time names in, in the defensive backfield linebackers and secondary, but they still haven't been able to get those big bodies in the trenches on the defensive line. And, that's seemingly changing and with the, and the with the move to the SEC, I see that trend continuing. do you do you agree with that or do you think it's kind of a wash?
1: Um, I see continuing. I think in some some aspects it's gonna get better because you can contend for those number one recruits um, like you just mentioned with Overton, especially if you're putting together a class that has a five star quarterback, which Oklahoma isn't slowing down there. Um, you get these guys that want to play together um and not necessarily on the same side of the ball you want to have success around both sides of the ball so um i think it's going to just continue to to build and build obviously it can only go so high um and Alabama alabama's going to do its thing clemson's going to do its thing georgia's going to do its thing um, but i think it's just going to keep getting better and better
0: and our good friend brady trantham i, I should i need to i need to mention this when I mentioned how Oklahoma is likely to get all three guys from Los Alamitos high school in lemon Nelson and their recent transfer in, uh, from, uh, more, right. Deandre Moore. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, remember the Alamitos, which that's a great comment. And I commend Brady Trantham for that also was hair. And we need to do a pro he, he, we've been meaning to do a crossover pod for the longest time. We're going to do that's it admit. eventually. We're gonna Brady do it eventually me
1: last night and asked if I'd do a podcast with them, but I was watching Hard Knocks, so I kind of skipped.
0: I also watched Hard Knocks last night. It was
1: good. I enjoyed
0: it. Bunch of C D Lamb, bunch of uh a bunch, bunch of Neville Gallimore. I was very <laughs> happy hap- happy about that. It, it is weird, but OU under Lincoln Riley is putting dudes in the NFL, and you look at the 2023 recruits. Holy freaking crap! Not only are those dudes playing on Saturdays a lot of those dudes are playing on sundays and that's the exact type of athlete that Lincoln Riley Alex Grinch are after and i think they're going to be successful and for people to suggest oh oh you's not going to be contending for the big uh, sec titles in in 5 years they're full of shit oh going to be contending they're going to walk into the sec as a contender do you right. agree with that like i mean it, 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 they're going to win the it's big about 12 how it
1: lines up but yeah i would mostly agree with that because you're going to have Caleb Williams probably in there somewhere and he would have at least a year under his belt. I don't think he would go in as a true freshman, but maybe, maybe he does.
0: And I thought this comment from Periscope is interesting. One Cowboys forever. It's going to be tough to get those top two defensive linemen. If he doesn't beat the sec heavyweights, of course, that's how um, it always works. Right.
1: I mean, right. But th- then you have to add in that some of those offensive or those defensive linemen are from the state of Texas where Oklahoma does really well
0: or, or Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, right in, or Oklahoma. Well, unless they're from Tulsa, then Jeez. they're then they're gone. Get don't them out of me, here.
0: Don't make me sad. Don't make me sad. Um, well, no, that, that's but no, that's true. It, it's true.
1: That's the benefit of adding, you know, a five-star quarterback to that class. That every other year, you can go to those those highly rated defensive linemen and say, "Hey, we're going to take care of things on on the offensive side of the ball. We need you on the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to win some championships." So and that's I, one of those selling aspects.
0: And I know Chris McClellan is an Ohio State lean, but I think Oklahoma...
1: That's I, not over. That race it, isn't over.
0: It's not over until it's over, especially with OU. Wait till the season plays out. If Oklahoma continually dominates on the defensive line, Jalen Redmond, if he gets drafted, Perry Winfrey's going to get drafted. I think that's going to change some minds. I think that's going to change a lot of them, especially Perry Winfrey's and Thibodeau and Jamar Kane are dudes that are making Oklahoma's brand to get bigger making people get def- drafted on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be good. And yeah, he mentions Isaiah Thomas too. And hey, think I, I appreciate everybody for their comments. One of the things I think will be interesting to see is how this season plays out. Oklahoma is slated as maybe a double-digit favorite over most of the teams they're going to play. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, all except for maybe two two teams who are the two texas and Iowa State. texas yeah i'll go iowa state i was thinking maybe three but we'll see how it plays out
0: oh man it's it's fun it's i still
1: think tcu could have a good year
0: i think TCU'll have a good year too but I, they and it's, don't It's have a game
1: them. where it's kind of like a was it right after texas yep i believe so it's kind of uh that might be their trap game
0: I just don't think many other teams in the in the conference besides Texas, because they always have the talent. It just is a matter of time if they have the right coaching. They no other team has the horses to keep up with OU. They've got too much talent, too much depth on either side of the ball. Before we get out of here, I thought it was just interesting. My dad called me. Right, he's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, uh, "About the podcast with the uh, Gottlieb," and he's like, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> and so i had to explain and he said oh he's probably pissed off because they're gonna lose a shit ton of money because oh he's leaving them in the dust and i thought that was really really interesting but pretty accurate no no it's true and i think that was why a little mad. angry Doug was a little mad a little mad the man was
1: pissed he might he may have been on a few painkillers too he just <laughs> oh, had knee okay. surgery
0: yeah, that's that's true that's true. i would that's... be i'd take two <laughs> having a good time hey man i i recently switched up anxiety man it's like couldn't giggling start the other I'd pull, day i'd so. pull a
1: dean blevins and just pop those things and then get on the air and 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 pee in the bathroom and they're like dean are you are you peeing on on uh, live radio and he's just goes, uh remember Have when you seen that no but remember when? oh dean, my god it's on youtube what yeah dean dean had like back surgery or something um, I can't remember what year it was. It was a while ago, but Alan Traber called him, and and he was peeing in the in the bathroom on live live radio.
0: I think Just <laughs> high out of his mind. I'll never forget the time Dean Blevins was on Bourbon Street, and he was videotaping women topless, oh, no. and was like, "These are people's daughters," and like, but still, like videotaping girls in their boobs hanging out. And next thing you know, you didn't see him on news nine for like three weeks because he went on a hiatus. Papamo says, "Did I miss a rage?" I imagine from Doug Gottlieb, you didn't miss a rage. I think he's just upset. He did say "fuck OU" because he, he oh they didn't want to do Bedlam. That's for why a he minute.
1: brought
0: him on. Yeah, of course. And So he didn't rage quit. I'm glad he didn't. He explained. He explained in depth his feelings. They're hurt. They they are hurt feelings. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with competition. Do you think it's to do with competition? I think it's just straight up. Oh, it's tradition. It's, it's
1: the uncertainty of knowing that Oklahoma State is going to be okay. I think they will be all right, but
0: I think they'll be okay too. Right now, too. you
1: can't you can't say that's for for sure.
0: I There's would love them there. in. I and I've I've said this to you and others. I would love them in the ACC, considering they would be constantly battling for second place behind Clemson until Dabo leaves because. Who else is in the ACC? They'd be battling North Carolina with Mac Brown at the helm. I think they'd be well served in the ACC, but that's just that's just me, and I just I think it's just I think so. The ACC
1: would be fun. I don't really like the Pac-12 for them. I don't like the Pac-12 in general. But
0: same, no, it's like the early two thousands again. Nobody gives a shit about Pac12 football. If you're going and committing to the Pac12, USC, UCLA, maybe Oregon, you're not serious about football. You go to you go to OU, you go to not te- maybe Texas cuz you're from Texas, you go to Alabama, Georgia, etc. All the talent is concentrated in from Oklahoma down to the Southeast, to South Carolina. If you are taking football seriously, you're not going west at all no so that's all i have do you have anything else interesting to say
1: <laughs> no i think you covered it uh joined discord discord knew about uh doug gottlieb like a week ago they did when i when i uh when i was at brunch i was like four or five bloody mary's deep and i decided to dm gottlieb and i'm re- so thank you doug gottlieb that was actually pretty cool i didn't actually think he would come on we were yeah. talking about it before the before the show started. It's like I don't even know if he's gonna join. He may yeah. just be bullshitting us.
0: And, and, and good, you know, good for him. And he explained a lot more. And it was more than than it was more than the Twitter bullshit that I saw, right? It was more than oh, they've caused irreparable harm. It was we feel was betrayed. elaborating. He, we feel betrayed. But my answer to that is sorry i i don't care
1: He <laughs> like, sent you the uh the, the dean blevins video on twitter
0: oh wonderful i can't it's, wait to it's check great it content but for those that have hbo or anything like me and steven said check out hard knocks there's a lot of cd like a ton of cd Lamb. it's like almost 50% dac 50% cd lamb on the video and zeke end kind all of the time. Being weird
1: the entire time yeah i never knew zeke was that weird
0: zeke is weird
1: it's kind of weird. I mean, it's cool, but it's kind of a, kind of goofy.
0: But it, to end this podcast, do you think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will eventually revisit that rivalry?
1: I say give it two to four years, bring it back. It's me be better than it's ever been and outside gonna, of this season.
0: And it's not going to be an A and M Texas thing where they refuse, right? I don't think so. I don't think Oklahoma State's that
1: that type of. Uh, that type of shitty
0: and i i get doug's point about like oh there's so many other sports that they're missing links of rivalries but it's oklahoma football's king that's mostly what people pay attention to that's it is what it is and i'm not i'm not (laughs) i'm not apologetic at it joe castiglione should not be apologetic joe harrow should not be apologetic at it uh and that's that's where it lands man but i have nothing else Do you have anything else besides join discord
1: join discord that's it
0: that's it and so and like you said people in the discord knew about the gottlieb situation a week ago we talked about this a long time ago i'll link it in the podcast description below you guys can follow us on crimson and Cream you can follow us on twitter at CC Machine. you can follow jack who's not with us today at jlary shields you can follow me at kamerabi and ccm if you're on the stream, you can just see our at Twitter ads on here. You can follow Stephen at Oh Updated SB. Thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate you guys for commenting and coming on even more. Uh, we continue. We're going to continue to do these live streams, interacting with you guys. I really appreciate you guys. We'll check you guys later. That's it.